Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. My title for, for this final week of our series, Media in the Home, is simply The Big Picture. The Big Picture. Last, this past Wednesday, I asked our students to fill out a form that, an anonymous form that simply said, I wish my parents or pastor knew, fill in the blank. Within this anonymous survey, students in this church, in this youth group, made statements like this. I wish my parents or pastor knew that I do things that aren't right when no one's around. I wish my parents or pastor knew that I'm not right with God, that I struggle with pornography, that I spend too much time on social media, that I struggle with suicidal thoughts. I wish my parents or pastor knew how hard it is to live in the middle of so much drama. I wish my parents or pastor knew that I lack application. I don't really follow through with anything. There is a desire in our students. There is a desire in in many that there would be, that they would have the ability to open up about where they really are. I began to talk about the tactic on Wednesday of the enemy and how fear can be used to cause a teenager or an individual to withhold necessary conversations that need to happen between a leader and student or parent and student and begin to talk about the tactic of the enemy. How many of you know that that the enemy wants to silence our students? They want to wants to silence the church. It was the tactic of the enemy when, when, it, came, when it came to Esther. It was, it was fear. The, the king is going to kill me. If, if I go to the king and I talk about this, I, there's no future for me. I'm, I'm going to die. And it is the same tactic that, that many are, are bound by. But there is a desire for a bridge to be built. In our, in our students, in our children, there is a desire that our children would be able to communicate with us. And on the other end, there is also a desire on our end that, that, that our student would, would open up, that they would, that they would talk, that they would say something that would allow me to help them. I hope that by the end of today, by the end of this message that that I could hopefully provide some tools to to allow this to happen. In 2015, there was a study done by author Alexandra Samuel. She gathered data from 10,000 North American parents about how they handle the issue of screen time. Her research revealed that parents fall into one of three groups with each group carrying its own attitude toward technology. The first group in this survey or study was enablers. This was by far 
the largest group of parents in the survey. 74% of the 10,000 surveyed fell into this category. These parents, these uh, what they called enabler parents, have given in to the pressure from their kids and other families around them. They let their kids choose how much media is appropriate. Alexandra called the second group in her study the limiters. Everybody say limiters. This group of parents whose favorite, uh, this, this is the group of parents whose favorite button is the off button. Their solution is simply to ban or limit screen time. I have to say, in this study, I would fall into and trying to crawl my way out of the category of a limiter. This is uh, the last group mentioned in Samuel's group is by far the, the smallest group. This is the group of parents that has found the best ha, has found the best practices, taking an active role in walking with their kids as they learn about technology and guiding them through it step by step. This group is appropriately called the mentors. The study found the mentors to be the most successful in preparing their kids for a world filled with screens. They dialogue with their kids twice as much as limiters and are far more likely to research specific devices or programs for their kids. By the time I'm reading this, you have probably already put yourself in one of those three categories, an enabler, a limiter, or a mentor. As I stated just a moment ago, I am, and trying to make it was, a limiter. My favorite thing to do is turn it off, or say, turn it off. Amen, do I have any witnesses in the house? And many times, that is very appropriate and, and needed. But we must understand that our parenting, our training, must go beyond turn it off. Must go beyond, uh, must go beyond I, don't wanna, I don't want you on that anymore today. The problem with the limiter parent, that's me, that's, that's some of you, is that they make all of the decisions for their kids. And they and the child and the child never learns how to discern or make a right decision for themselves. I do not want my kids to de- to depend on me their whole lives to make good decisions. I mean, you think about it. You have an you have an 18-year-old coming up to you and saying and, and 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 saying something you know dad is it okay to 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 wear this shirt you know uh, we got a problem if 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 we get to a a place where they are uh, 18 and and further than that and unable to make decisions none of us want that none of us want that somebody say amen here's the reality that i have to come to grips with and we have to come to grips with one day for some of you sooner than later your child will no longer be living with you 
that settle in. That's hard. And if you're a limiter parent, when they leave you, they leave their ability to discern. They leave their ability to make good decisions. God, the, the amazing thing, the amazing thing about God is that he has designed your child and my child for a day when a young man will leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. Right smack dab in the middle of that design is a moment when teenagers begin to desire a thing called independence. Has any, any parent of a teenager experienced this? Amen. Put a coat on. It's cold. I don't want to wear a coat. Take out the trash now. I will when I'm done with this game. Independence. And I remember as a, as a teenager, I, uh, my, my dad was building me a, a bedroom in our, in our basement. And dad, you might not recall this, but they let me, they let me pick out everything, uh, carpet, the paint, the, 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 all of the stuff. And, um, before one day we were in the, in the truck together and pulled up into the driveway at the house. And, and I asked my dad, when are you going to drywall over the cinder block in my room? To which my dad replied, I'm not going to drywall over the cinder block in your room. And for some reason, some dumb reason, I was not happy about this. I wanted my room to be drywalled. And we proceeded to have it out. Not considering, I, I had no consideration for all of the time, all of the labor, all of the money, all of this stuff that was done to give me a nice bedroom. That I, The only thing that I could think about or be concerned about in that moment was I wanted my room to be my way. It was purely, looking back, it was purely about being able to make my own decision. I didn't care about drywall, or maybe I did at the time, but I didn't care about drywall or cinder block. I wanted, there was something in me that wanted independence. And there's something in every child that, that God put in them. It's, it's a desire for independence. It's a desire to separate from mom and separate from dad and to be able to make decisions on their own. And I learned, I learned in, in pastoring and, and leading people that the pastor makes a statement. He said, what you have to understand, and I would say this to, to everybody in this room, we have to understand that they... Your child is not against you. They are for themselves. Somebody say amen. They're not against you. They are for themselves. The ultimate goal in parenting is for our child to be able to make good and moral decisions when we are not present. Right? That is the ultimate goal. I don't want my kid to make good decisions only when I'm there. 
I want my child to be able to make good, moral, godly decisions when I am not around. And if that is my goal as a parent, if that is my goal, and I would say that's all of, all of our goals in this room, if that is my goal as a parent, then that means my student needs an opportunity to make decisions on their own as a teenager while they are under my roof, under my care, under my safety, and my protection. We have to be able to segue or, or, or transition. We have to be able to give them an opportunity to learn how to make right decisions. Somebody say amen to that. And all, the author in, in this book, which I've, I've um, many things that you have heard throughout this series has clips of that have come through this book. I would highly recommend this to every parent in the room. It says, if I had a parenting do-over, seven vital changes that I would make. It's by Jonathan McKee. It's, a, it's an outstanding read. But one practice that he teaches in this book is the practice of a segue. A segue. Everybody say a segue. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what is a, what is a segue? It's a, it's, it's not just a, 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 something you ride around on with two wheels. It's, it's, it's decreasing one thing while increasing another. Have you ever listened to the radio and, and heard, you know, you've got, you've got this song and, you know, they're singing Michael W. Smith on the, on the radio because Michael W. Smith will never leave the radio. They're singing Michael W. Smith on the radio and they transition to You Raise Me Up because that will also never leave the radio. And, and, there's, and there's a seamless transition. There, there's no speaking. There's no, one song fades out, another song fades in. That, that is a seg or a, a segue. It's, it's one thing decreasing while at the same time another thing decreasing. It's a seamless transition. And as it applies to parenting, this is the transition from you making all the decisions for your child to them making all of the decisions for themselves. It's a transition. It, it happens over a period of years where as they, at two years old, where, you know, it would be absurd for us at two years old to see our kid running towards a hot stove with their hand up ready to touch it and saying, well, let them learn. We all know in this room that that would be silly. But we also know and understand that at the age of 18, they have the ability to pack their bags, pack all of their belongings, and go join the Marines. And so at some point between then, between 2 and 18, is where all the, the mess happens, right? That's where all of the questions and the different, the, the different arguments happen of how, of how it should happen. But, but, but there has to be a transition, there has, everybody say transition. Are all kids ready for the real world at 18 years old? No. No, absolutely not. I, I, I'm not naive to say that in this room. All kids are not ready for the real world at the age of 18. But the reality is that they, at the age of 18, are able to walk out and live life on their own. All, all that we... What we must focus on 
is this time of training in order to equip them to make godly decisions on their own. There has to come a time where we begin to incrementally give independence. Is everybody with me? I'm going to get to some nuts and bolts stuff here in just a couple minutes. Give me just a few minutes here to, to, to give you some, some tools here. Author Jonathan, uh, Jonathan McKee in this book um, quotes a couple on the subject of incremental independence. The couple states this. We heard something early on in our parenting that was really a defining moment. The general principle was when it came to disciplining kids in general, you start super, super narrow, and over time, you give greater and greater freedom. So when this individual, when their kids hit middle school, he said, I sat down with our kids and said, let me tell you what our goal is for you. Our goal is that you will have no rules and no curfew. And of course, that those children lit up. So as you start showing responsibility, we will give you more responsibility and more freedom. I would encourage every parent in this room, give your children an opportunity to hear the ultimate goal and they'll love and respect you for it. Amen. Everybody say amen. So the question, so the question that, that I hope um, to conclude with on, on this series of Media in the Home, there's always parent, we're always trying to figure out when. When, when should my child have a cell phone? When should they be able to access social media? Is everybody okay? According to the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, known as COPPA, most social media platforms require for a child to be at least 13 years of age. Parents who allow their kids to sign up for social media before the age of 13 are number one, not smart, and number two, giving their child permission to lie about their age. Most experts will say that the appropriate age for a child to have a cell phone is 13. This is why no teenager is, is, in, this, um, is in the room today. I don't want to give them any more ammo than they already have. You're welcome. Most experts say that the time that is appropriate for your child to have a cell phone is the age of 13. I, I personally think it, maybe it's a little young, maybe it's okay, um, but I'll be, I, I would never give a cell phone to my child without rigid boundaries and no access to social media. Once they get their phone over a period of years, this is where, this is where the segue happens, the transition happens from rigid rules to flexible freedom. Now, again, we have to, we have to go back and understand that there is a big picture here. I'm not raising kids. I'm training kids. And if the big picture is to train my child, I have to look and expect the day when they will be able to navigate this cell phone or technology on their own. So your transition plan might look something like this. When they are eight years old, they can have access to the family iPad 
only accessing games and apps that mom and dad have okayed. I, I hope this is all right, but I'm going to give just some, some maybe just some very practical things on, on what you can do. We, um, Lauren and I, have tried our very best to be intentional about media in our home. We have media in our home. We have technology in our home. Uh, that, that is there, but it's there in a very um, guarded and protected way. The way that we allow our, our children to access media at this young age is in a couple ways. We, we have an app that is called Minnow Kids, M-I-N-N-O, Minnow Kids. Uh, I'll spare you all the details, but essentially the creator of VeggieTales created a network of safe, family-friendly, Christian-based um, videos and shows and clips, uh, things that are all safe for kids to view. Because the last thing I'm going to do as a parent, and I've made the mistake of just handing them a device and just saying, you know, turn it to this and this is where you go. I, I'm not, I, I don't want to just hand my child a device. If we just hand them a device, we're, we're asking for failure. 74%, I believe it is, of, of students, uh, of, of children, um, uh, by the age of 11, have, have experienced an accidental viewing of pornography in the home. I don't want to allow that in my home. And so we're intentional. We allow them to, to be on Minnow Kids. The device that they're on doesn't have other options for them to, to, to get off of that, to, to go different directions. So they, so they access Minnow Kids. We also have, we've purchased uh, shows and we've purchased movies that we allow as parents, that we are okay with um, as parents. And so... If they want to watch Tom and Jerry, love Tom and Jerry, if they want to watch Tom and Jerry, they can click on the, the episode that they want to watch, and that's what they can watch. They don't have Wi-Fi access on that device, and so they don't have the ability to just click on something else and, and view and buy and this and that. There, there's no web access. Everything that is on that device is downloaded. And so they don't have um, any access to, to get to anything else. Also, as it pertains to games, how many of you know, I think we all know, that games are not, games can be dangerous. They can be dangerous. Um, we have zero control over the advertisements that pop up on games. Zero. And if you... Uh, if you're a parent and you have games on your phone or your kid has games on, on their device, uh, I, I, there needs to be a moment where you sit down and see. We personally, and I would recommend this, we don't allow games that have ads. So in order to do that, we either have to purchase the game or purchase uh, what uh, it's known as Apple Arcade on, on an iPhone. Uh, all of those games have no ads. It's $4.99 a month. They have no ads, and it's protected. They're not able to download them, but we can pick and see what's appropriate, and then it's downloaded, and we know that there is no ability for ads to pop up on this game. Everybody said amen. And so 
That's what our home looks like right now. I have an eight-year-old son. Did you know that? I have an eight-year-old. I've, that's, that's hard to wrap my head around. I have an eight-year-old, and uh, I feel, feel old. But um, so this is what your plan could look something like. This is just an example. When they are eight, those parameters. When they are 13, they could have their own device, maybe, if you deem that. But mom and dad use parental settings, blocking out inappropriate content, and mom and dad are the only ones with the password and the ability to download new apps. Cell phones should only be permitted in family living areas, never in the bedroom, never in the restroom, never in any other areas that are not able to be monitored. Amen. Amen. We, we, have, to protect, um, we have to protect our children. And with that, if they are going to have a device, we must be intentional about setting these parameters. Sister Bounds has mentioned this um, uh, a, a few times. One thing she practices with her children, and she might be able to say it better than I do, but when her kids come, to the, come home, their cell phones go into a drawer. Am I saying that right? They go into a drawer. And when they need to do something or act a drawer in the living room or in the kitchen, it's in an open space. And when they need to access that, they go to the drawer, they, they, they do what they need to do, and then they put it back in the drawer. It's a very protected and guarded way of allowing cell phones uh, at, at a young age. And so, um, and so it might look something like that at 13. Now, let's talk very quickly. I have a lot of information, so I'm, I'm going quick. But let's talk about ways to monitor your child's smartphone. There, there are a few programs that are out there and, and you have to understand that these are constantly changing, developing, they're, they're, they're moving, you know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts in this. So what might have been good two years ago is no longer good now. Um, so if, Sister Emily, if you would throw up uh, the first slide, these are some parental control apps that I would recommend. The first one is Bark, the top left. Second one, FamiSafe. Number three, MSpy. And number four, something studio. Um, I would, those, those are top rated, top. Uh, those would be recommended. They do cost money, but it's worth it. Uh, it's, it's, worth, it's worth the investment. Uh, another thing that, that I would highly suggest, not only for, for their phones, but every phone uh, in the room, is, is some screen time controls. You have the ability... Uh, on an iPhone or on an Android device to limit screen time. You can, you can have downtime where there's no access to anything except phone calls. You can limit, you can put time limits on social media. You can put time limits on any app that is, that is accessible on their phone. You can also, I would highly recommend this, not allow, uh, not allow downloading or deleting apps. You can allow that as well. And I would, I would um, highly suggest that. And so these are some, these are some things that you can use, some, um, some apps that you can use to help monitor your child's smartphone. When they are 15 years old, this is, again, an example of how to transition from, from me monitoring everything, making every decision, to them making decisions. They are trusted to start navigating some websites, social media, and apps on their own. 
But mom and dad still have the password and can monitor everything via a smartphone monitoring program. Settings are such that apps cannot be deleted. Only mom and dad can delete. So you are able to easily see what apps have been accessed. When they are 17, again, an example, they can download and browse whatever they like, but communication is open with mom and dad. I would encourage every parent in this room, don't wait until they are out of your house to hand them the reins. Hand it to them when they are still under your roof and your protection. And everybody said amen. Now, let me talk about some particular apps um, to look out for. If, if, if your student has a smartphone and um, they have the ability to download apps, these are some apps um, that you should look out for and, and really not allow. Um, so if you could throw this up. Number one is TikTok. TikTok. TikTok is a new mobile app popular with kids and used for creating and sharing videos. With very limited privacy controls, users are vulnerable to cyberbullying and explicit content. Number two, Snapchat. It's one of the most popular apps in recent years. While the app promises users can take photos and videos and it will disappear, new features, including stories, allow users to view the content for up to 24 hours. Snapchat also allows users to see your location. Let me go to the calculator with the number sign. It used to be a percentage sign. Now it's a number sign. This is one of several secret apps used to hide photos, video files, and browser history. Scout. Scout. It's the one in the bottom middle there. This is an app where you can meet new people. It's a location-based dating app and website. Hey, live video chat is a dating and social networking app where users can chat and share photos and videos and connect based on location. Grindr um, is, an, is a dating app geared toward gay, bi, and transgender people. This app gives users the option to chat, share photos, and meet up based on GPS. Keek Messaging and Chat App. It allows anyone to contact and send direct messages to your child. Kids can easily bypass traditional texting features. Keek gives unlimited access to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Whisper. It's an anonymous social network that promotes sharing secrets with strangers. It also reveal, reveals a user's location so people can meet up. These are the apps that are most prevalent, uh, most downloaded in the teenage demographic, and, and these are apps that, that you as a parent should be on the lookout for and, and really never allow. All of these problems are solved if you prevent their ability to download apps. Uh, and you prevent their ability to download or delete apps. If you prevent that, you've, you've, solved, you've solved that problem. I would encourage you, if you have not, if you've not looked at your uh, student's smartphone, please take the time 
to go through that smartphone and look for these apps. Amen. As I read in at last week in Matthew chapter 19, the story of the rich young ruler, he was a young, he was a young man. And he said to Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus tells him, you need to obey the law, honor father and mother, do all of these different things. He said, he said I've kept all these things from my youth, but what do I lack? What do I lack? Jesus said to him, if you will be perfect, come, sell everything you have, and come and follow me. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was teaching us a principle that it's not good enough for a young man, for a young lady, to live by law or boundary alone. It's not good enough. Jesus said to the young man, if you will be perfect, follow me. He said, the law is there, the law is available, and you ought to abide by that. But the way that a young man will inherit eternal life is if he is following, is if he is being led by somebody that's trying to get him from A to B. I know that in this room on this Sunday morning, there are some parents that would say, I don't want to just enforce law. I want my child to walk with me so that we can hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Would you stand with me all over the room? I realize that this was a lot of information in a little bit of time. But I hope that this can begin a, uh, a journey for you to not be uh, an enabler, to not just be a limiter parent, but to be a mentor parent where you are walking with your child through the avenue of technology. Would you lift your hands and let's pray together. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for wisdom and understanding, God. You've called us to seek those things. God, you've, you've called for us to seek after wisdom and understanding. And I pray, God, for every parent in this room, God, in a world where technology is at every corner, media is prevalent and, and it's so accessible, Lord, I pray, oh God, I pray, oh Lord, that you would put wisdom and understanding in us to build boundaries, God, where they must be built. God, but not only build boundaries, but create moments of bonding, God, with our family to where we would be able to raise up young men and young ladies who are capable of making godly decisions all by themselves. Lord, you can help us with this. God, you can help us with this. I know you can, and I know you will. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. 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 I want to say thank you to our assistant pastor for diligence and being studious and helping us in such a... Come here. I... I, I'm his pastor, but I've learned from him. And because of what I have learned from him in the series that he did a little over two years ago, I went home and made changes. Our rule was there's no phone. 
and uh, and we kept putting that off. And you know how kids are. Every every birthday, every every holiday where there's a gift, can I get it? And and I say, no, you're not going to get one. But when he made the statement, you've got to. They need to learn to walk with you. You just can't when they turn, move out of the house, hand them a device, and then they figure it out. And I think that's great wisdom. Can you say amen? So them learning to walk through it with wisdom. Uh, another thing that I want to say is that uh, probably one of the most unwise statements I've ever heard, and I've been here for 18 years, so don't take this personal, but I would hear this a lot as a youth pastor, even as a pastor. Well, my child is mature for their age. That's not true. There's no such thing. Don't let it leave your mouth. It might mean they're more responsible than maybe an average child, and that's, that's, very, that's very true. But to trust them with no limitations because they have, it, it's just not wise. Their brain's not developed until they're 25, and some of you are thinking, that's my child. They're not, I know their brain's not developed, amen. But uh, you've got to understand they need limitations. Some of the worst cases I've ever dealt with is when you let the kid in alone in the room with a phone. They do not need to be alone in the room with a phone and say, well, you just bring it up. They don't need to be alone with that. And I said many years ago, I'm not going to put a loaded gun in my kid's toy box. There's just no way I'm going to do it because that's dangerous. How many know that's dangerous? Neither am I going to put a loaded phone in their bedroom. Because one can destroy the body, but the other one destroy the spirit, the soul, the mind. Um, and, and what he is teaching us, and I'm so moved by it. I really am. The world, the world is in chaos. He's right now told you how to unload the phone. Pull the shells out. That's coming at your kids. And I realize it can be a little more money, but they, if they have a phone, you've been putting out money anyhow thousand bucks people are paying for phones and, and it's just unbelievable and I want to say that this is going to the whole church because this isn't just parents well you're at grandma's house boy I had something I hit, I, hit a, I hit a nerve there when they're at grandma's house they get to eat all the chocolate they want all the cake they want pop at midnight and phones is without limitation don't you dare as a grandparent Break the intentional rules of the parent. Well, I want them to like you. They're going to not like you later if you don't have any rules around them. I do feel a strong call right now to a covenant. This is intentional teaching. I feel a witness. There, we have a service that's coming up. It's going to be so powerful in a moment, but we need to respond to the teaching. When he said this, when he said about the, it's not about rules. It's about relationship with you. It's about relationship with him. I want us to lift our hands and take a moment. Better, thank you, God, for teaching that convicts. Lord, I'm going to go home and do it better as a parent, as a pasture. Oh, God. Lord, thank you for what we feel. Come on, some of your moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunties and uncles, right now. Oh, God. Oh, God, I don't want to give place to the devil. Lord, I don't want to be ignorant of his devices. We make commitments to go home and clean some things out at the home. Put some limitations and restrictions. 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Landon Gordon, evangelist. How many feel the touch of the Lord here right now? We do. We feel that. We feel that. And uh, Brother Landon Gordon makes a statement because from the time he was a young boy, there was these pamphlets about prophets and men of God, women of God that were used to the Lord. And he, from the time he was grown up, his parents would give these to him as Christmas present, birthday. And he would read about the miracles of men and women of God. And he said, from the time I was a child, I hungered to be used to the Lord. And he said, I learned that you will not desire what you have not been exposed to. If you expose them to great things, they're going to desire for great things. That's a positive outlook of that. But the negative of that is also, if you expose them to sexuality. I was, I was at a meeting with Tom and this great, great family that they, uh, their kids had advice friends and they were sitting beside each other and, and I looked down and the kids were very small and probably some innocent game but I looked down and just happened to look down and the ad that came on was sexual preacher's kids innocent game but a sexual ad come across there and remember they can't unsee it they say if you go to Haiti you can't unsee it there's some things you can't unsee and you can't unhear it is the will of God that you guard what your children see and want them because they cannot crave what they have not been exposed to. Uh, did that make anybody in the building get mad when you saw all these apps that's directed at your kids that keeps them from you knowing what they're doing privately? It's a work of the devil. And what did he say? But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve. We want our children to be holy. Hallelujah. 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 Again, thank you, Pastor uh, Cody. And at this, this moment, this, this room will be a place of prayer. You're welcome to go to the foyer for fellowship. Don't check out and go home. We have a great service, great preacher. So good to have a man, Pastor Sharon, with us. Would you give him a hand? We're so glad he's here. going to be preaching today. It's going to be absolutely amazing. God bless you today. We'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.